Hey, good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to church today. It's great to be gathered with you and those joining us online. Good morning to you as well. If this is your very first time at Faith Community Church, a special welcome to you. We're really honored to have you joining us today. As you saw in the video, we're beginning a brand new teaching series today called What is Faith? Now, for several months, we have been teaching through a letter in the New Testament called Hebrews, which is amazing because Hebrews takes us through the veil, so to speak, to see what is really happening on the other side of this physical, spiritual divide. And in particular, Hebrews wants us to understand what really happened spiritually in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So beyond the physical blood and sweat and agony of the crucifixion, Hebrews wants us to understand what was happening in the heavenly places as Jesus died. So we've been listening now uh, very, you know, closely through nine pretty dense theological chapters in the book of Hebrews, and we've been lifting up the uniqueness and the greatness of what Jesus has done, and this week we turn to the question, so what? How are we supposed to respond to this vision of what is happening spiritually? What is faith and how does it work? Okay, And to begin answering that question, we're going to pick up right where we left off last week, which is in Hebrews chapter 10. If you want to turn there with me, Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 19. And just in case you're brand new to the Bible this morning, the, the big numbers on your page are the chapters and the little numbers are the verses. We'll be on page 1006 if you want to borrow a Bible from under the chairs in front of you. This will be on the screens as well. It's a short reading today, uh, but here's what it says. Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so the question on the table in this series is what is faith? And the first part of the answer to that question is that faith, verse 22, faith draws near to God, okay? Faith draws near to God. And that phrase, let us draw near, it's one of the author's favorite phrases in Hebrews, and he uses it to describe the daily experience of a real and living relationship with a, a living God. Most of Hebrews so far has been occupied with who Jesus is, what happened in his death on the cross. Let us draw near is turning our attention now to the experience of friendship with God. So like, like a marriage, if, if you're married or you know married people, which should cover everybody, there are the legal, objective, historical facts of your marriage, okay? You got married, you exchanged vows in front of all your friends and family, you signed a paper, you are stuck, okay? <laughs> oh, I, mean, I mean, you're together, you're together. So there are the legal objective facts 
of the relationship, and that's what chapters one through nine have largely been about, all that God has done, you know, to bring you to himself. But there's the other aspect of a marriage, which is just the day-to-day, how, are, how do we be friends? How do we grow in love for each other? And that's what the author is leading us toward now with this phrase. And the author's mindset seems to be, uh, again, I mentioned this last week, but if I, it, you know, if I could just get them to see what is really happening, not only would the church never be tempted again to turn away from Jesus, but they would run to him. They would draw near with awe and joy. They wouldn't need to be cajoled to draw near to God every day. So faith draws near. And it should astound our hearts, by the way. I mean, it should just kind of blow your mind that friendship with God is not just, you know, not, not just his pity, but a genuine friendship with God is near the heart of why Christ shed his blood for you. It should boggle our minds a bit to consider that nine chapters of like the loftiest theology in scripture has been leading you to this point that you would be God's friend. This is from a pastor named Mike McKinley. He says, Imagine if I told you that I was friends with a lot of famous people. Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jeff Bezos and Oprah Winfrey and Taylor Swift. What if I told you I'm not only friendly with these people, but they go to great lengths to be friends with me. They come visit me all the time. They always pick up the phone when I call. I have an open invitation to use their vacation homes and drive their sports cars whenever I'd like. You'd think I was a really big deal, wouldn't you? In fact, you might wonder what made me so special that people like that wanted to know me so well. Well, he says, if you're a Christian, the Bible says that the eternal God, the one who made the universe and everything in it, the God who is more holy and more glorious and more powerful than we can even begin to understand, that God wants you to know him and be known by him. And he has gone to great lengths to make it possible for you to be his friend. He delights in your company and loves to shower you with good gifts. In fact, he plans to spend eternity blessing you far beyond what you can imagine. That's an awesome thing to think about. Here's another just kind of a sobering story from the the Gospels. In the Gospel of John, chapter 5, uh, for me, you know, kind of a frightening story where Jesus is talking with a group of Pharisees. And if you're new to scripture, Pharisees are the people that Jesus butted heads with by far the most. They're having a conversation and Jesus says to them, they're people who love their Bibles. And he says to them, you diligently search the scriptures because you think that in them you have life. But they're about me. Yet you refuse to come to me. In other words, you refuse to draw near to me. So as we begin this new series together, how awful would it be to have just spent, I don't know, four months or something like that in like the loftiest theology in all of scripture. And now we get to the point, the whole point is that you would draw near to God, that you would actually have a vibrant living relationship with Jesus. And you're like, eh, I don't know. 
Somebody asked me this morning, he said, he hasn't been here in a while. Are we still in Hebrews? Yes, we are still in Hebrews. But we've just gotten to the point now, which is that you would walk with the living God. So why don't we? Why don't we draw near? If this were the family feud, you know, and I went, and by the way, I'm not talking about those people out there. Why don't they draw? I am asking, why do Bible-loving, faith-community Christians not draw near? If I were to survey a hundred of you, like this is the family feud, I bet I would win. <laughs> and this is, here, here's my speculation about the answer. Survey says, number one, I'm just too busy. Number two, I don't know how or I don't know what you're talking about. Number three, I don't like to read. Men, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Number four, I've tried it and it just doesn't work. There you go. Four reasons faith community church people don't draw near. I'm too busy. I don't know how. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't like to read and I've tried it. It doesn't work. Now, each of these, friends, has an element of truth in it. But you know, everybody say, I know. That's not really the reason. None of these are really the reason. The bottom line is that we don't draw near because we just do not believe God. It's just good old-fashioned unbelief. If Taylor Swift left you a voicemail this week, you would think what? One of your friends is playing a joke on you. That's what you would, you would, not, you would not believe it. You would be filled with unbelief. And we approach God in the same way. When we read things, uh, you know, Jesus saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. We think he's talking about someone else. There must be, out there, there must be more mystically minded, more spiritual people that all of these scriptures apply to. So when we hear that the God of the universe wants us to draw near and has gone to great lengths to make that possible, we just don't really believe that. Or we don't understand what he's done to, to, to cause us to draw near. So, everybody, you're not too busy and you know it. Everybody say, I know it. Your Netflix account knows you know it, okay? <laughs> it, it may be that you really don't know what we mean by drawing near to God. And I just want to say, that's, I, I get that, but it is easily remedied, okay? Uh, I don't like to read in the context of drawing near to God is like saying, I don't like to eat, I don't like to breathe. And saying it doesn't work, we'll address in a minute, okay? But friends, faith draws near and it should blow our minds that this, has been, this is the point that Hebrews has been drawing to. So let's talk about how we do that. Verse 22 says three things. Number one, we're to draw near with a true heart. Number two, we're to draw near with full assurance of faith. And number three, we're to come with our whole selves. That's my summary uh, of verse 22. Draw near with a true heart, draw near with full assurance of faith, and we come with our whole selves. Let's talk about that first one. We draw near with a true heart. Some of your translations may say, with a sincere heart. And that's, to me, that helps me wrap my head around what's going on here. A true heart is not a perfect heart, but a sincere one. 
The love of a true heart may be flawed. It may even be deeply flawed. But it is not divided between a bunch of different spiritual loyalties. A true heart loves God. And I'm not saying that you can do that perfectly. But if you're, gonna, if you're waiting around for some feeling of perfect love, you know, uh, perfect obedience before you draw near, you are never going to do that. Okay, A true heart is not perfect, but it can say with integrity... As much as it's in me to know myself, God, you know that my heart's desire is for you. It, and to, the, to whatever degree it's not true, God, teach me your way. Okay? A true heart is one that can... Is there, there we go. All right. I'm going to pick that up next time. Okay. A true heart can be rocked by all kinds of of awful, sinful, negative emotions, okay? A true heart may find itself wrestling with anger, rage, despair, depression, hate, fear, anxiety, lust, confusion, and the list goes on and on. When your thoughts and feelings are out of control, that is exactly the time to draw near to God. That is exactly when he wants you to draw near because a true heart draws near especially when it's out of control. How many marriages would be whole if a husband or wife just learned to bring all that rage and disappointment to the living God in prayer? Remember from last week, uh, the difference between a gospel-inspired life and condemning religion is, I am out of control, I know I'm wrong, I am so hurt right now, God is going to kill me. I've got to fix this. That is the, the voice of religion. Whereas the, a gospel-inspired life is, I am out of control. I know I'm wrong. I am so hurt right now. I have got to get to God. He will know what to do. Remember, Hebrews 4.16, the first time this phrase was used, he said, draw near to the throne of grace and you will find mercy to help in time of need. So, is that your knee-jerk reaction to life, guys? Is that your knee-jerk reaction when you are most grateful, when you are most upset, when you are most afraid, when you're most alone? Where is the first place you want to go? Because that will tell you what's driving your heart. Faith draws near in everything. Now, if you're here this morning and you know that you're not a Christian, you know you're not yet a follower of Jesus, and you're, you're here because you're saying or you're thinking as I'm talking, you're, you're thinking, I'm going to get myself put together. I'm going to get this rage under control. I'm going to fix my marriage. And then I'm going to come to the Lord. That is the opposite of what the gospel proclaims to you. All that you need to draw near to God is need. Let me say that again. If you're not a Christian yet this morning, all that you need to draw near is need. And anything else you bring, by the way, is actually going to get in your way. A true heart may wrestle with indwelling sin, with patterns of behavior and thoughts and feelings that you assume are really disgusting to God. It is in those moments he is, he is calling you to draw near through the blood of Jesus. A true heart 
may also find itself wrestling with the commandments of God in a way that you don't even understand what's going on. I just think back to that, to that story we shared in June of Laura Smaltz, who for a couple of years wrestled with how can my sexuality have anything to do with a relationship with Jesus? And she wrestled and wrestled. Every Christian, I think, has experienced that. I've experienced that in the last three weeks encountering something in the word of God and saying, I honestly don't even know what you're saying. I, this is, I understand that this is English. I understand the sentence. I don't even know what that would look like in my life. Help me, God. That's exactly when we need to draw near. There, there, is, there is a time when you should know you can't draw near. And that is, if you, if you want to play religious games with God, he's let you know he won't listen. This is common throughout the prophets of the Old Testament. People kept drawing near to God. That is, they were adhering to the external forms of religious observance. But they knew as soon as they left the temple, it was back to business as usual. They were going to live their lives in the way that they saw fit. And God is clear to say, I'm, I'm not listening now. Okay? I'm not receiving you in that way. So it, it isn't perfection that, that draws near to the heart of God. But if you know, and people have said this to me, okay? People in this church, I'm going to do what I think is best. You just need to know God doesn't play games like that, okay? So we draw near with a true heart. Second, we draw near, verse 22 says, in full assurance of faith. Okay. So we're in a series called What is Faith? It would be good to define that word really quickly. So faith is not rocket science. It is just, it is a response of personal trust. It's not even a religious word, okay? Uh, faith is a response of personal trust and everyone everywhere all the time is exercising faith. When you drove to church this morning, you had faith, the other drivers would stay in their lane. If you didn't really believe that, you would have stayed home, okay? Now, biblical faith, which is what we're talking about in this series then, biblical faith, and this will be on the screen, is a decision to respond to what God has said. Okay, let's take that definition apart one piece at a time. Biblical faith is a decision to respond to what God has said. This has always been the center of the issue since the Garden of Eden. Okay, since Genesis chapter 2 and 3. The issue has been, will you trust my word? Even if it doesn't make sense at the time, even if you think there's a better way, would you just listen to me and respond to what I say? That has always, always, always been the issue. Trust God's word or live according to my own wisdom. Second, faith is a decision to respond to what God has said. So uh, biblical faith is not the same as agreeing with God. Okay, I'm just gonna say, Lots of Christians agree with God, but they're not actually walking by faith. And of course, this is the famous example I always use. Agreement is, I see the parachute. I understand the parachute. I've studied the physics of the parachute. I could, I could read to you about the parachute in Greek. 
I've even memorized facts about the parachute. I see the parachute safely folded and tucked into the pack. You are agreeing at that point, okay? Faith jumps from the plane. Does everybody see the difference? You're not walking in faith until you're out of the plane and actually responding. You're actually leaning on the thing you say you believe in. And it is the same with the word of God today. You can hear the word of God today saying to you, taste and see that the Lord is good. And you say, well, that's true. Amen, brother. Mm, Come on now. (laughs) But until you go home and draw near to the living God, you're just agreeing with me. And that's not the goal. Faith will go home and actually respond. And finally, uh, in our definition, faith is a decision to respond to what God has said. Often what comes to mind when we hear the word faith is that faith is a sense on the heart. It's a feeling that we have that assures me uh, that I can trust something. And that's not completely illegitimate, by the way. Some of you, you know, you can just kind of sense when someone is trustworthy and when someone's not, right? So that's not completely illegitimate and I wouldn't ignore those things. But faith begins with a decision in the will. Faith is a gift from God that allows the Christian in her moment of greatest despair, greatest fear, greatest weakness to say to God, I will believe what you have said no matter what. I can tell you in the last year Often, this has been my prayer. I will believe what you have said, regardless of what I'm feeling right now. A friend called me this week to describe being almost overwhelmed in the night with a feeling of despair and fear, and yet she said to God, I will believe what you've said. That is faith. That is what God finds precious That is what Jesus is talking about when he says that faith will move mountains. This is what's been personally most helpful for me this week. The the great advantage of being a preacher is I've had a whole week to think about this stuff, okay? This is what's been most helpful to me personally. When I read verse 22 where I hear the phrase, full assurance of faith, I'm that guy, okay, who through most of my life, I go I go to worship, I go to my prayer time, I open God's word, and I'm waiting for that sense on the heart that God loves me, okay, that God receives me and that he welcomes me. When we say to each other, I've tried that, okay, I've tried drawing near to God, and it's just not working, what we mean is that we've done these things and we've not had that sense of God's favor. We don't feel anything, okay? And when we don't get that, We just feel lost. We feel alone. That sense of divine rejection is really hard to bear. And so we just say, that was a waste of time. This is not working. I'm going to do something else. Assurance is not rooted in what we feel when we draw near. It is rooted in what God has said. So that means that when you draw near this week, when you draw near in worship in about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, when you draw near to God, 
Our hearts need to be set on what God has said is happening. Not constantly monitoring my feelings about it. When you draw near to God in prayer, in worship, in Bible reading and all this, your heart needs to be set on what God has said is happening through the blood of Jesus in the spiritual places regardless of how it's striking your heart on that particular day. You should not spend your time in prayer saying, is any of this getting through? It should be. (laughs) I am here because of the blood of Jesus. My heart, my body has been sprinkled clean by the blood of Jesus and he has said that he will hear me, that he welcomes me. That he will respond to me. Verses 19, 20, and 21 of our reading. Okay. Summarize once again the main message of Hebrews. So just in case this is your very first time here. I won't beat this to death. But just in case this is your first time. Verses 19, 20, and 21 remind us. Everything that was symbolized in the Old Testament worship of Israel. Was a shadow that pointed forward to the reality of Jesus. So Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, I've not come to abolish the law of Moses and the prophets, but to fulfill them. All of that, that was the shadow. I am the substance to which they point. So verse 19, and this is what you, need, this is what you have in your mind as you draw near. Verse 19, just as the high priest could only enter the holy place once a year, And had to go through all kinds of ritual cleansing and bring blood with him. In the same way, you and I enter the very presence of God by the blood of Jesus. Verse 20. Just the the way the priest had to enter through this gigantic curtain. We enter God's presence by a new and living way, he says, which is Jesus. Verse 21. Jesus is our great priest. It's it's his once-for-all sacrifice that makes, our, makes us part of God's family and allows us into his presence. So when I draw near to God, there he is. My priest, whose blood was shed for me, he's my guarantee that I'm acceptable to the living God. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said, No one comes to the Father except through me. And please just notice the order really quickly. Verse 19 through 21. Therefore, brothers, since this is what God has done, then, verse 22, let us draw near. You do not, this is the other thing, and I've done this so much in my own life. We do not draw near to God to create for ourselves some kind of acceptability before him. So, this is the This is the story of my 20s and 30s, okay? God, I'm coming to you today as the guy who loves to come to you today. I love your word, and I've gotten up early. I could be sleeping, God. You know it. Or I could be watching my Netflix, but I'm the guy that came today, and so you better receive me. I'm just waiting for that love to kind of flow over, you know, okay? You've done it too, or you're lying, okay? <laughs> what am I, what, are, what is that? I'm putting together my righteousness package and I'm bringing it to God and I'm saying, well, you gotta honor this, that's religion. As opposed to drawing near 
because I have assurance. And those are completely different religions. Those are completely different ways of approaching God. We draw near because we're acceptable. So when I draw near to God, my heart is set on the mystery and wonder of what is actually happening because of the blood of Jesus in that moment. I'm not monitoring my feelings. My heart is set on Jesus. Does everybody understand that difference? Because that is the main point today, okay? Does everybody understand what I'm saying? I'm going to say it again. When you draw near, your heart is not constantly monitoring, how's it going? How am I doing? How am I feeling? Is my faith real? Is it adequate? Your heart is set on what has God said is happening right now? That he receives me because of the blood of Jesus and I can come with confidence. All right. Again, this is the sense of Hebrews. If, if you could just see, if you could just see, not only would you never be tempted to turn away, but you would be running to God in every circumstance. Assurance of faith is this is what God has said. And, and by the way, I should add, generally the feelings will follow. Okay? It's not that your feelings do not matter. The feelings will follow. And I'm gonna, I'll just share one more thing. I don't want to overcomplexify things, but this has been my prayer so often in the last year. It, it's okay to come to God and say, God, one of the things you've said is that you will not allow my faith to fail, and it's failing right now. I don't feel you. I, I'm not sure you're real. I feel like I'm talking to the ceiling. I'm not making demands on you right now, but my faith is struggling. Would you give me something today? You can do that. We don't make demands. But if your faith is failing, you tell him. That's, a, that's what a true heart does. A true heart is true because it tells the truth. I'm struggling. I just need something from you today. Husbands and wives talk to each other all that way all the time, by the way. <laughs> I know you married me. I know you signed the paper. I need to feel something. To, is, am, I, am, I, am I lying? So it is in our relationship with God. Finally, verse 22 says that we come with our hearts sprinkled, with clean, sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And I would summarize this by saying we draw near to God with our whole self. That imagery, again, comes from the Old Testament. Remember, the Old Testament priests would sprinkle the, you know, the altar and the people and the tabernacle with the blood of a sacrifice. And it was just symbolic. Wherever the, you know, blood exists where someone has given up their life. And so wherever the blood of that sacrifice would go symbolically, life replaced death and cleanness replaced defilement. Well, what Jesus has done actually makes you clean, actually cleanses your conscience from guilt, actually forgives sin. And that's why we can draw near. And, but he adds this. He says, also, and, and our bodies washed with pure water. Again, 
Old Testament worship was filled with all different kinds of washings, especially if you were a priest. So in the morning, before a priest went to work, he would have to bathe himself in certain ways. His clothes had to be clean. And that was all preparation for drawing near to God. And I don't know how you read this as a Christian and not think about your own baptism. So baptism is a symbol of that same kind of washing. That I, in, in baptism, you're kind of saying, this is my preparation to draw near to the living God. I've been united with Christ by faith. I'm trusting in his death and his resurrection alone. So we have a baptism coming up in three weeks. If you're a follower of Jesus and you've not yet been baptized, the New Testament assumes that every Christian is baptized. It's your, it's your way of signaling to the whole world, I'm entering in, I'm drawing near to God, okay? Uh, his mention of bodies is also a, rem- a reminder that we bring our whole person into God's presence. So we do not disconnect the body and the soul. We draw near with true hearts and full assurance of faith and with our whole selves. That means everything you've done, everything that has been done to you, everything you're going to do, you bring it with you into the presence of God knowing that the blood of Jesus washes away sin. So, This is my challenge or my invitation to you this week. Can anyone guess what it is that you would draw near? In college, I had a a good friend of mine uh, that I I remember asking her once how she became a Christian. And she talked about her dad. Her dad was a dairy farmer. He worked really long hours. So he was not able to be at all of her school events or whatever. Outside of Sunday mornings, he was not available maybe to serve in in the church the way he wanted to, but he loved the Lord. He was a good man. And she said every day, by the time she came down for school, he'd already been out at the barn for an hour. But every single day, she would see his Bible there at the breakfast table open. And she understood from the time she could understand anything that this is the most important thing in dad's life. She, under, she knew dad had already been up, already reading God's word, already drawing near and praying for his family. So even though, she, even though her dad wasn't around maybe as much as other dads, every kid in that family is following Jesus today because they saw the example of a man who draws near. I don't know if you have people like this in your life, but I've had some, where you just know when you've been with them that you're talking with someone who's drawn near to the Lord that day. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's hard to put your finger on. There's just a quality about them. You say, this is a person whose relationship with God is alive. I was thinking this week about the experience of drawing near to God in the temple or the tabernacle. And one of the things that struck me was, I wonder what it smelled like. Have you ever thought about the smell of the temple? We're talking about a closed space. Well, some of it's open, some of it's closed filled with the smoke of burning 
sacrifices, animal sacrifices, grain sacrifices, the, the smell of oil burning 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and just the aroma of incense being burned to honor God. I just imagine priests coming home from work and their wives are just like, just come here. I'm just going to bury my face in your beard. Mm. Mm. Just kind of soak it in. I just think the New Testament takes that image and says, you, church, you, Christians, are the aroma of Christ to the world. There should be about you a sense of your neighbors wanting to, like, take hold of you and... What is that about? Where have you been today? You know, what have you been doing today? That's, what, that's my prayer. As we head into this new series, What is Faith? Oh, God, give us, help us to see so clearly what is happening spiritually that our knee-jerk reaction to all of life is to draw near to you. So if this is totally new to you, here are just a couple of things. First of all, if you need help, reach out for help. I'm, I'm downtown Friday mornings every week, unless I'm traveling. And I'm just teaching guys how to read their Bibles, how to pray, how to draw near, okay? You can reach out to me, reach out to any pastor, or find a leader that you appreciate. But if you don't know where to start, here's some simple things. Set a time every day. If you say, I'm too busy, okay, we've already talked about that. Make it five minutes. If you set a time every day, you'll get to it three or four times a week, okay? That's okay. Open God's word, spend a few minutes in prayer, and do not waste a ton of time monitoring your own feelings about it. But set your heart on what God has done in Jesus. Think through Hebrews chapters 1 through 9 and say, this is why I'm here. I'm drawing near to the living God because he shed his blood for me. If you're here and you, you know you're not a Christian, and you're hearing all this and you're saying, I want to draw near too. Come. Right now. As we close in prayer, as we sing together, just say, God, I'm not even sure I totally understand what he's saying right now. But I want to come too. All right, let me, let's pray together. Let's draw near together before we close. As we've just sang, you give us everything. You give us everything. You give us everything that we need. So we draw near to you with true hearts today in full assurance of faith. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. And I ask again today, that faith community church would be characterized not just by a love for the Bible, but as people with just covered with the aroma of Christ, whose relationship with you is real and living and active. We ask it together in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Let's stand and sing.